right, welcome back to another episode of the Carter Cast. I'm your host, Carter Bond. With me, as always, Connor Sparrow wasn't with us on last week's NCAA Tournament Pod. We had Dylan on. Dylan and I didn't do that bad. I got clowned on the TikTok. I said that Arizona was going to roll Princeton. Obviously, Princeton beats Arizona. Crazy upset. But overall in our picks, we didn't do that bad. No, we didn't. First of all, sorry for skipping out last week. That's on me. March, biggest time of the year. It was Oblo week. What can I say? I, I, I skipped out. I sold out. Anyways, love the podcast you and Dylan did. Those clips were really picking up some heat. I got to say, you weren't too bad with your picks. You know, anybody would have said Arizona. Nobody's going to come out and say, oh, Arizona's going to lose in the first round. No, it's not going to happen. I enjoyed it, and I'm happy to be back on. It was a great weekend, and it was very profitable for uh, both of us, dare I say. Insanely profitable. I mean, what a weekend. For It couldn't have gone much worse just, you know, emotionally with NC State losing in the first round to Creighton. And that that was just a miserable oh, yeah. game. Because, like, you knew what was happening. And then you had that tease at the end when Terquavion Smith went on that crazy sequence. And then all of a sudden Creighton just pulls away. And it's just like, oh, wow. Like, really? Really? This is how yeah. it's going to end? Then Duke losing to Tennessee. Then mm-hmm. just, like awful awful weekend emotionally for my heart for my mental well-being but for my wallet beautiful weekend i mean one of the best weekends of my life if not the best as a noted uh, diehard carolina guy here the weekend was tough emotionally for me too you know seeing state and duke bow out like that it really just hurt me oh, hurt my heart shut, you know i i hated to see that wow and what's state gonna blame the altitude the refs i don't know i mean tennessee shot pretty well i mean oh i don't know who, who what 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 is there talk about Okay, let's do let's do Duke first. <laughs> let's do Duke first because everyone's right, like, oh, right, right. what is what excuse is he going to come up with? I have no excuses. My thing is, w- like, whenever all these gambling PR people, the sports books, they tweet out ninety plus percent of everything's on Duke, ninety plus percent of everything's on West Virginia, ninety plus percent of everything yeah. is on Arkansas. At what point, like? is this investigated that Mark Mitchell isn't announced that he's out until right when tip-off's happening. They say, oh, yeah, Dariq Whitehead's going to be starting. Mark Mitchell will not be playing today. That is massive news, and that is bullcrap. That is absolute bullcrap. You're telling me that John Shire did not know that Mark Mitchell wasn't good to go? Like, right. there's, there's no chance. I, I texted beat reporters. I texted people who were in Orlando, and they said, yeah, no idea. Nobody told us. And the fact that John Shire said he didn't know after the press conference really sketches me out with all this stuff. Like, I know I'm putting the conspiracy theory hat on, and that's not my excuse. Like, Duke lost. Tennessee outshot them. Tennessee shot the lights out when they're the worst shooting team in the country. Mark Mitchell being out was huge. He's our best perimeter defender by far. Duke didn't make shots when they needed to make shots, didn't get stops when they needed to make stops. That's what it is. It happens. Second round, one and done. That's what the tournament is. Great season. I'm not mad about that. Like, it sucks, but it is what it is. But to the conspiracy side, like, does it – I mean, am I not allowed to question this? I'll fire back at you here. Actually, no. I'm going to agree with you first. You're exactly right on the conspiracy stuff. For the head coach of Duke not to know that one of his starting five is not going to play until five minutes before tip-off, you know what that sounds like? Hey, Tennessee's got 90% of the money. We need somebody to sit out. Yeah, <laughs> no. like seriously. No, that. but like it really does raise some questions because there's no way. At least it would have been more believable if there was like a report like, oh, Mark Mitchell – sprained his ankle a little bit in practice, should be good to go. And then last second, it's like, oh, he regressed in warm-ups or in practice. It doesn't feel as well as he did yesterday. He's not going to play. At least, like, something, some indication of there maybe being some type of injury or problem. 
it was dead silent. I didn't know until they announced it on the tip-off. When I saw the starting lineup graphic, they were like, yeah, Mark Mitchell's not playing today, late scratch. I was like, what? I texted you, and you were like, you had no idea either. So, very questionable there. Yeah, this was ridiculous. I, I have no idea, um, but let's move on real quick. Let's. Oh, real quick. Somebody. Yeah. Real quick, Carter. One more thing about the whole 90% of the public thing. I'm big into the NBA prop side of gambling nowadays, and I follow a lot of big NBA props, guys. Whenever it lines up and three or four of them are on the same prop, it always, always, always loses. It looks like it's going to win in the first half, and it somehow loses on some ridiculous injury, ejection, foul out, dude gets benched in a blowout, some kind of weird – it always loses. And I've stopped taking them whenever the public's on them like that because it never seems to fail. Books always win. I don't know. Yeah. Conspiracy hat off for now. Yeah, because Dylan brought it up last time. We brought up the stat. I can't remember the exact numbers. I believe it was – uh, if 80% of the public is getting, or 80% of the bets close or whatever, then those teams are like 3 and 11 in the last couple yeah. of years or whatever. Yeah. This weekend, we saw West Virginia, 85% of the money. Arkansas, 87% of the money. Duke, 91% of the money. All three of those teams, or sorry, no, Kansas over Arkansas. Yeah. Excuse me on yeah. that. All three of those teams lose outright. They're like, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying something's going on, but. You have to question it, it. It's fair to keep an eye out. But anyhow, it is. Let, it is. let's move on. Uh, NC State, that was sad. Uh, I hope those guys come back. They're super fun to watch with Travion Smith, but NC State. It's fun program. when they're good. It's yeah, fun it, when they're good. The ACC is better when they're good. Yeah, 100%. Um, big 10 are frauds. Big 10 are big-time frauds. Had eight teams the set, tied for the most with the SEC coming into this tournament. They Get are em. now left with one. They are one with uh, their seven-seed Michigan State Spartans in the Sweet 16. Uh, the ACC is now left with one after having five enter the tournament. People are saying, well, the ACC, they only have one left too. But the Big Ten had a one-seed, had a one-seed, and they had eight teams, and they could only get one to the Sweet 16. And I'll, I'll go on here right now. I am guaranteeing, guaranteeing the Michigan State Spartans do not win the national title. <laughs> oh, man, clip that. Um, and the thing with the ACC – they just had two teams in the Final Four last year, so yeah, come on. they had three in the Elite Eight. Yeah, exactly. You can't you can't trash on the ACC. Like, yeah, it was a down year for the ACC as a whole. You can't just come out and say, "Oh, the Big Ten's better than them," in point blank period. That's not the case. It just seems like Big Ten teams never perform well in the tournament, especially recently. Nope, not at all. Um, Big East is balling Xavier uh, to the Sweet Sixteen. Um, yep, UConn. Uh, UConn, uh, Big Twelve, obviously balling out too. Not really, actually, because like Kansas and Baylor go down, but Kansas yeah, State's those there. Those are big ones. Texas are big is ones. there. Like the Big Twelve is good. Like it's confirmed, it's good. As a BYU fan, like it scares yeah. the absolute crap out of me going into the following year. Um, pat on the back. Let's do pat on the back time. Virginia, Virginia stinks. I said it. Virginia stinks. And oh, you, and yeah. the the craziest part of it is. Furman really stinks. Like, that Furman team had no business being in that game. They have awful guard play. They should live and die by the three, and they weren't even hitting the three ball well, and Virginia still lost that game. Kihei Clark with the worst pass, second worst pass in NCAA history. The worst pass was in the Georgetown-Carolina game in the 80s, literally giving (laughs) Carolina the championship. But the second worst pass in NCAA history, just tossing it to half court. Like, you had a timeout. That was unbelievable. Um, that's go- th- that's the all-time ACC winningest player right there doing that, by the way. Fifth-year senior, most wins in ACC history, by the way. As a proud, maybe not so proud, ACC basketball watcher, 
and is a proud Furman Moneyline ticket holder for that first round game, we knew it. Virginia's offense, you get in the tournament, if it's a tight game, their buttholes get a little tight, a little shriveled up, they start missing shots, they can't go on a run. Their offense is physically incapable of going on a big run, and the other team is always in it because of the pace they play at. And in a tournament game, in a one-and-done situation like that in March Madness, it's so hard to advance multiple games in a row. That was my argument against uh, St. Mary's. St. Mary's and Virginia kind of have similar play styles. That's why yeah. I was an anti-St. Mary's guy going into this tournament because if you're an Oral Roberts or a Drake, you're pissed you got Miami or Duke. If you would have gotten St. Mary's, I would have yeah. taken Oral Roberts. I think there's a chance Drake would have been favored over St. Mary's if it was in that 5-12 matchup. But, oh, well, yeah. you, get, you get who you get. Uh, and then Fairley Dickinson. I had Fairley Dickinson first half money line. That was unbelievable. Obviously That's had huge. him on the spread and everything. Um, the, the overall takeaway from this tournament, there's two things for me in my mind. One, okay. three now. Real quick, first off, why is everybody fouling on threes? Everybody is – nobody's going to the side of the shooter. Everyone's just going directly into the shooter and smacking their arm. But that's – different story second thing there needs to be six fouls in college basketball it's out of control these ticky tack fouls we saw in the nc state game dj burns goes out because of two bad calls like they were yeah. really bad calls just because he's bigger than the guy doesn't mean it's a foul two bad calls causes him to sit out 15 minutes of the first half and then all yep. of a sudden like the best players in this tournament are not going to be playing due to silly foul calls by poor officiating Therefore, if you make it six fouls and up the bonus to eight, there's not going to be that issue. It gives them a mulligan. Yeah, I completely agree with that point. And here's the thing. Everybody's talking about how it's been a ref show all tournament, which it has for the majority of the games. If they want to call it that tightly and that ticky-tacky, you got to give the guys an extra foul. You have to. Like, mm -hmm. I get it. It's eight less minutes in college than the NBA games. But if they're going to call it that tight with that many touch fouls, they have to have an extra foul if that's how it's going to be. Because, like you said – it's just bad for the product. Nobody wants to see these guys play 12 minutes. People wanted to see Jeremy Roach play 40 minutes. There was spurts where he was like very doing very well. He just could not find the rhythm because he had three fouls, four fouls, had to keep getting taken out. The actual product itself suffers from that because nobody wants to see the guys they turn on the channel to watch play 12 minutes in a game because they're, they have four fouls. I just don't, I don't agree with it. It's, it's, it's the easiest solution I've ever heard of. Like, just make it six fouls. And the thing is, if you get six fouls in 40 minutes, that's your fault, man. Like, right. that's, that, like I'm sorry. Like, yeah, the ref probably mess, messed up one or two, but you still committed four. Like, right. they're going to mess up two fouls probably. But and you that still takes committed away, four. And that takes away, oh, if a guy gets two fouls in the first five minutes, maybe you don't have to sit him for the rest of the half. Maybe he, mm -hmm. he, maybe he can play a few more minutes. If he gets three fouls in the second half with 12 minutes left, you don't have to sit him. You just keep it, you know, like, it's not even and, a problem at that point. And then if you do that, you up the bonus by one more free throw, do it eight fouls, do it, and then 11 fouls for the double bonus. Then there's less free throws in this game, and there's less pro there, there's more game flow. We want to see game right. flow. Last night in the FAU Fairleigh Dickinson game, there was a, it's the best in college basketball when they're able to skip over a media timeout and go like two oh, minutes yeah. in. You have a yeah. little bit of anxiety when you watch it because you're like, oh, man, I don't want a dead ball. Like This is awesome. They go from like the 16-minute mark down to like the 11-minute mark, just straight gameplay. It's awesome. Like That is, is so great. But then these super long four-minute TV timeouts where I have to watch Lily from AT&T tell me why I need AT&T with Chet Holmgren in a golf cart. Like I'm tired of it. I completely agree. And the thing is, wow, I said that phrase a lot today. But <laughs> college basketball, like it, it really does suffer from that because especially at the end of games, you see this in the NBA as well. 
if there's reviews, especially in the NBA, but in college also, if there's reviews, teams have three timeouts remaining, which good for you for saving your timeouts. But if each team has two timeouts left with two minutes left to go in the game, that two minutes will drag for 30 minutes. It's unbelievable. I don't know how to necessarily fix that with the timeout situation, but game flow wise, I think the foul thing's a step in the right direction. I don't think it's bad to amend the game like that. And last thing from this past weekend, uh, the biggest takeaway for me, small ball is here to stay. The NBA, like college basketball needs to catch up with the NBA because bigs are out. Bigs are out. You can say, oh, Zach Eady, National Player of the Year, Oscar Shibway, you know, averages 25 and 20. Armando Baycott averages 20 They're on the couch. 13. They're on the couch right now. They're on the couch right now. Guess who's still in? FAU, Miami. Those teams, small ball, even Alabama. I mean, Alabama yeah. has length, but they still play five out, like – that is the future of college basketball. Princeton, all five guys can shoot. Even Creighton can go to a lineup where all five guys can shoot. That's the future of college basketball. Small ball's the way to go. Jim Laranega has always been on this train. That's why he makes it to the Sweet 16 Elite Eight almost year after year. It's so hard to defend. Uh, yep. yep. But that, small, small ball wins. Small ball that, wins. That's where the game is headed. It's headed to a, a place where all five guys have to be a skill with the ball, be able to at least – at least be respectable from three. They don't have to shoot 45%, but at least make the guy guard you out there. Otherwise, they're going to pack the paint. They're going to double. You saw it with Zach Eady. You saw it with FDU doubling Zach Eady or doubling Baycott all year in the post. Leaky Black couldn't shoot. That's just the way the game is headed. Guys are getting more skilled, and these teams that are winning, they're the ones that have these five guys on the floor. They might sacrifice a couple inches of height. Okay, I'll play a guy that's 6'8 instead of a guy that's 7 foot. If he can shoot, handle the ball, and switch on defense, guard multiple positions – and not get cooked when he gets put on an island with a really quick point guard. That's really where the game is headed, and the NBA's been ahead of that for a while now. The Warriors really were ahead of it, and it's starting to trickle down to college basketball as well. We've definitely seen it this tournament. And last, last thing from this weekend, the greatest cover in the history of my life, TCU plus four and a half. That was unbelievable. I was, I was watching it live. I was shocked. I, I audibly gasped because they got fouled with seven-tenths left. I was like, oh, God, And Jamie Dixon hurt. was telling him not to foul. Yeah, that was rough. That was rough. I could not believe that happened. They, they let him roll the ball down the court. Oh, man. Great. Uh, just unbelievable. Like, that just capped off the weekend. Cherry on top. That was <laughs> unbelievable. Like, I'm always on the wrong side of those. It felt so good. But let's get into this week's game. Sweet 16. Let's start off top left of the bracket. We have the number one overall seed, the Alabama Crimson Tide versus San Diego State. Alabama's minus 7.5, over under 136.5. What do you have in this game? Yeah, this is a this is a tough one for me because I, I actually picked Alabama to win the title, and I'm standing by that. They seem to be the most consistent right now. I still think Houston's a little fraudy, but we'll talk about that later. The spread's a little high for me. I think I'm staying away from the spread right now, and I'm going to look to take Alabama on the live. I would almost take San Diego State first half just because I feel like it's going to be a rock fight to start the game, but uh, I'm going to stay away from the full game. What about you? Over. O-V-E-R. Over. Overs okay. are due. I like that. Over 136.5 is my play in this game. I like that. I think Alabama gets up and scores. I think Alabama does have the ability to just blow them out of the water. I also yep. think San Diego State showed they can score the ball. They scored against Furman pretty well. Um, yeah. I just don't think they can keep up with Bama. Uh, it scares me like because San Diego State is a lot more disciplined than Alabama on defensively. They like to slow the pace down. But the thing is, if Alabama blows the doors open, then San Diego State's going to have to start scoring. That's why yeah. the spread scares me. Give me the over 136.5. That's going to be one of the lowest Alabama over-unders you'll see this season. 
I like that play a lot. I'm, I'm going to be looking more on the live on this one, though. If you can see, if San Diego State and Alabama are tied at the under eight timeout in the first half, and you can get Alabama at like minus three and a half, minus four, or even if it's close to halftime, I'm going to be taking Alabama on the live. Seven and a half is a little much for me. Late game, BS, backdoor covers, free throws. Like, you never know. So I'm not going to take the full game off the bat, but this is this is a very much a live bet game for me. Or I've kind of been hot with the money line parlay, so I might throw a little Alabama, a little something together. We'll see. Yeah, I don't hate... I don't hate the live bet. I actually like that a lot. Um, obviously, I have, I have Bama winning this game. I don't believe in the San Diego State team that much. I think they had two really good matchups for how they play. Um, yeah. I think yep. once they get up a team with that can move the way Bama does, that can shoot the way Bama does, and uh, the tempo Bama plays with, I think uh, I think that's a recipe for disaster for San Diego there's State. Just, there's, there's just more talent. And yeah, at this stage I, I, in the tournament, talent rises to the top more often than not. Okay, let's move on. Princeton, the 15 seed. Princeton versus Creighton. Creighton's minus 10, over under 140. Does Princeton move on to the Elite Eight? Dude, I don't know, because here's the thing. I didn't really believe in Creighton coming into this tournament. I kind of believe in them now, and I don't like Creighton, so it hurts me to say that. Screw them for breaking Kendall Marshall's wrist, Dougie McBuckets. The spread's a little high once again, but I think I'm taking Creighton. I think I'm going to have to take Creighton minus 9.5, so when I see that right here. Is that too much, Carter? Princeton's burned me too many times. I can't. I, I, I can't. Like, Creighton, both of these teams just keep burning me. This they were good is, to me. And once again, I keep saying this, but the overs are due. The unders won way too many games this weekend. Way too many games. Give me the over 140. Both these teams can shoot the ball. Both these teams can score. My only concern in this game is I don't think enough fouls are called where they get enough free throws. A lot of these teams like yeah. to just they, they like to shoot jumpers, so – uh, so you don't get as many shots at the free throw line there, but I like over 140 in this game. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Princeton won. Like, I, I don't really? know what to say anymore. I wouldn't be I shocked. Here's the thing: they beat, they beat Arizona. The Cinderella run always comes to an end around this time. They're not. I don't think they're going to be Saint Peter's. Saint, P- Saint I don't Peter's think made the Elite Peter's. Eight. They did. They had some favorable matchups. I think Creighton's just they played Purdue and Kentucky. That is not favorable matchups. But I'm talking about St. Peter's, you mean? I mean, yeah. Murray State teams. was not bad last year either. Yeah, no, I can't argue with that. I don't know. I just, I think the clock finally strikes midnight on Princeton here in the Sweet 16. I'm going to take Creighton full game minus nine and a half. I just think the talent rises to the top in the situation. The Cinderella run's been awesome. I think the talent, the cream rises to the top here. Give me Creighton full game. Also, quick shout out Baylor Shireman, first field goal. Love to nice. see that. Love to see that. Was that was nice. Uh, I, I think by tip off, I'm gonna be on on Princeton. Like I, I think I'll talk myself into it because I think they've just scared me so much. Where I'm like, you know what? Like, I have to get on this bandwagon. If I get on too late, so be it. But I was on them both of the first two rounds, and they won me some serious money. I'm, I'm hopping off while I'm ahead. I'm hopping off the Princeton train. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I may be getting on too late, but that's all right. Um, out of that bracket, we both have Bama coming out. I'm assuming. I do, yes. I have Bama coming out. I don't think any of those three teams can really compete with, with what they have. Okay, awesome. Let's move on to the top right of the bracket. We have the one-seed Houston versus my sweet, sweet five-seed, the Miami oh. Hurricanes. Uh, Miami versus Houston. Houston minus six-and-a-half, over-under 138-and-a-half. Game of the year time, Miami, 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 uh, you, whatever it is. Yep, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Miami plus six and a half. 
Miami plus six and a half and the money line too. I love Miami every which way in this game. Uh, I know it could burn me. The line opened at seven and a half down to six and a half. That that tells me I'm sharp myself. I love Miami so much in this game. It kind of scares me how much I love Miami. Uh, this spread should not be six and a half points. There's no way this should be six and a half points. I nabbed this right when it came out. I've got big money on Miami plus seven and a half. I got it as soon as it came out in the money line. I, got, I think I got it at plus 290. It's down to like plus 230 now, I think. I'm big on that. Game of the year time. Let's go Hurricanes. ACC, last stand. I wouldn't normally pull for Miami like this, but I just think Houston's a little fraudy. Of the teams left, people are too high on Houston. I think Miami matches up well with them. That, Like you said, that Jim Laranega small ball, it works. It works. They they start a 6-7 guy at center, and he had, what, 15 rebounds last game, Omir? They've just got too many scores, and they got Wuga Poplar, first field goal once again, <laughs> baby. <Yeah>. We're back. <laughs> We're back. Uh, Isaiah Wong showed he can show up in March, though. That was big yeah. in the Indiana game. Um, and the thing is, like, Vegas has not been respecting Miami on these spreads, and they just keep showing up. They were only yep. a two-point favorite against Drake. And even when Ormir said, and they said Ormir's coming back, they yep. the line didn't move at all. It moved to maybe two and a half. Miami still covers. Then Miami's a dog in, against Indiana, and Miami still wins by, like, 10-plus. Yep. I love Miami here. Miami game of the year. Miami, this is my favorite pick of the tournament. I have them going to the Final Four. I have them winning this bracket. I know that's a spoiler in the Xavier-Texas game, but going out of this region. But I have Miami every which way. I every, see, everything I, you can think of. Race to 10, race to 20. Everything you can think of. Miami, Miami, Miami. One of my futures that I love the most, honestly. My, I bet Miami would get to the Final Four. And I, I'm riding with it. I love it. I love it even more now. I think Houston... I just don't think they have it. They don't got that dog in them, Carter. They don't got that dog. Game of the year. Game the of the U. year, baby. The U. All right, let's move on to the bottom part of the bracket. Xavier, the three seed versus Texas, the two seed. This is the only like chalk bracket, actually, other than Miami beating Indiana, technically. But uh, right. Texas minus four over under 148.5. This spread is right in that weird Vegas zone. It's a weird, weird spread. Like, I lean Texas, but, like, four is weird. Like, I think Texas is a great team to put in a money line parlay this weekend. I like Texas winning this game. The spread scares me. I agree. I think this will be a perfect money line parlay. Maybe a little Texas, Alabama, UConn action. I don't know. I like Arkansas. That's tough. We'll get there in a minute. Get the chalkboard out. Get the chalkboard out. Listen, you can talk crap about the chalkboard all you want to. I want some serious money. I had a couple four and five money line uh, favorites parlays this weekend. Oh, very nice. I don't know. This game kind of scares me. I almost want to take the over. I feel like this is going to be a close game, tight game at the end, lots of free throws, tight game. I could even see it going to overtime. I think overs are due. The unders have been too good so far in the tournament. I think the way it's officiating, both these teams get to the rim. I think there's going to be some foul calls. I think I'm going to take the over here. I'm going to stay away from the spread. Scares me a little bit, like you said. But give me uh, Texas Xavier over 147 and a half. What really scares me here? Is that I like every single over this weekend, this upcoming, this Sweet 16 matchups. Every yeah. single over looks enticing because they've moved the, the numbers so far down after unders hitting so much. Now everyone's right. going to be like, well, unders are hitting 33 and 11 in their last 44 matchups or whatever. And yep. then now it's just do. It's like it's like ACC officiating. Like one team has six fouls, another has two. They got to even it out. There will be a regression of the mean. I, I guarantee there will be a regression. A regression of the mean. Gosh. I know we're uh, I know we're agreeing on a lot, but we have Miami coming out of this bracket. I do, I, and I, I hate to wear agreeing on so much, but I, I have them in the final four before the tournament even started, and I think you did too. If I was not 
if I was not already on Miami and I didn't love Miami, Texas is my pick. I like this Texas team a lot. I know people are going to be like, oh, they almost choked that Penn State game, though. But, like, they came out on top, man. Like, they avoided yeah. the choke. Like, they still won that game. Uh, Xavier just shot the lights out in Greensboro against uh, Pitt. I'm blanking here. And then almost yeah. lost to Kennesaw State. So, like, what can you say? Like, you can't be, like, all of a sudden, like, oh, Xavier's amazing. Like, they could easily – they sh- almost should have lost to Kennesaw State. If it ends up being chalk, Texas and uh, Houston in the next round, I-, I like Texas coming out of that. If Miami ends up losing, I like Texas to win the win the that side of the bracket. I do too. We're green on a little too much over here, but I know we got we got to spice it up. Let's move on. Bottom left, we have the nine seed FAU versus the four seed Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee minus five over under one thirty one and a half. I like FAU here. FAU going back to the small ball thing. Tennessee is not going to shoot the way they did against Duke. They're just not. That, that was a complete anomaly. They were one of the worst shooting teams in the country this year, and they shot well over 50% from three for, against Duke. Like, what are you going to do? They just got hot. FAU, yeah. small ball wins in March. Tennessee loves to play in the half court. I think it's going to be a slower game than many people think it will be. I love FAU here. I hate that we're yeah, agreeing FAU, so much. I know. This, this is, is the plan. Tennessee get, has to regress. Get, both of us are about to get destroyed in these TikTok comments, but FAU oh, how do you how do you how do you guys have a podcast? Oh, you guys are so square. Oh, chalk it up. No, FAU. Let's go, Al's. Yeah, who who FAU plus five? Who, who? FAU money line. I love John L. Davis. I love this FAU team. They're good. They are legitimately good. And people are going to say, well, they almost lost to Fairly Dickinson. Well, one, Fairly Dickinson just beat Purdue, and everyone thought Purdue yep. was this great team. Two, yep. FDU was playing out of their minds, and you get in these weird spots in tournament games where you play to your competition where you do. Tennessee's going to play down to FAU, and FAU's going to play up to Tennessee. That's just what happens. FAU came into that Fairleigh Dickinson game being like, okay, sweet, we got, we're already in the Sweet 16. They're playing a 16 seed, kind of like Carolina last year when they get St. Peter's in the Elite Eight. They, they walked into that game thinking, Psh, we got this, we're in the Final Four. That's just yeah. what it is. Uh FAU plus five, FAU money line. Uh, I don't like anything on the total here, but give me FAU plus five. Hoot hoot. I just can't see Tennessee shooting like they did against Duke. I think there has to be some sort of drop off in that game. I'm on FAU here too. They're 31 and three for a reason. They've advanced this far. I know they played FDU last round. That was not an easy game. That's not like a oh we played in the 16 seed as a gimmick. It was a tough game. They made they they won against Purdue for a reason. I like FAU here, too. Give me FAU plus five, plus five and a half, whatever it may be. A little sprinkle on the money line also. Hoot, hoot. Uh, moving on in that same bracket, Michigan State, the seventh seed versus Kansas State. Kansas – oh, oh, I got it wrong here. Michigan State minus two over under yeah, 137 and a half. There's uh, been some movement. There's been some movement. Um, This is a tough one. I feel like a lot of people are going to be on Michigan State. It's, I think I might – Mm, go like, ahead. Go ahead. The line movement tells you Michigan State. Michigan State opened as a plus one dog, and now they're minus two. Like, I know. And I know. I know. I rag on our stats guy Dylan here, but he did bring up a great stat that I think it was like thirty-three and twenty when lines move three points, and you get it on that closing line, you're still hitting at like a 75-80 percent clip. Yeah, that scares me. It's just hard for me to bet against Kansas State. Like. I, I very much enjoyed watching them play this past weekend. Very and they're the, perf- they're the perfect storyline. Marquise, Marquise Noel. Noel. Yeah, was he? Five, he's 5'8", 160. Heart. He's play- Pure heart. He's, he's from Harlem. He's playing yep. in the garden once again. Like yep. the, story, the, the stars just align for it. And, like, I hate we keep agreeing here, but 
I think I'm going to take Kansas State with the points. I, I, I'm taking the plus two. I'm not getting screwed on like little money lines at plus one and a half, plus two. Don't don't screw around with that. Don't just be like, oh well, it's even odds now. Just take just take the two points. I promise. Just take the two points. The plus one hundred five is not worth it compared to the minus one ten. Take Kansas State plus two if you like to. Don't take the money line. The the spread is that way for a reason. It'd be a pick em if they thought it was going to be a pick em. Like, I don't know. I, I, I've been had a very hard time with a couple of these like hooks lately, especially my player prop betting. Books know. The books somehow know. So I agree with you. Like take the plus two. If something fishy happens at the end, buzzer beater. Hadn't really been many of those this tournament, but uh I think I'm taking Kansas State here also. I think I am also. I, I just Tom Izzo, I know he's been dynamite in March, but I'm taking Kansas State. I have to. They watching them play this past weekend, they won me over. Marquise Knowles the the most dynamic guard in this tournament right now. I think so too. I, I just cannot believe the things. On he the was other doing side, on the other side, Michigan State's guards are playing out of their mind too. They're playing very well, so I don't want to like discredit them or anything. But right. no, like, oh my gosh, it felt like Trey Burke, but who could pass? Yeah, yeah, no, it, it was electric for sure. Um, yeah, I'm on Kansas State plus two there. Who do you have coming out of the region? This is a tough one. I'll go first. I have FAU. Really? I have FAU going to the Final Four. I really believe in this team. I disagree. I I think they have a very good chance to beat Tennessee. I think the winner of K-State and Michigan State comes out of the side, though. Comes out of the bracket. I think Kansas State is just miles better. Not miles, maybe, but I think they're just overall better than FAU. I think FAU might run out of steam a little bit. Seems like Kansas State really wants it. But if Michigan State wins, that'll be a, that'll be a closer call for me. Michigan State FAU kind of matchup, but I think Kansas State's going to beat Michigan State, and therefore I think Kansas State's coming out of the East. I just believe in this right FAU now. team, like, I, like, but I don't like how they tried to take on the villain arc of oh yeah, do, yeah. dunking at the end. Like I'm not sitting here saying like oh you shouldn't dunk at the end that's rude or whatever. No, like I don't care about that. They were waving by to all why? of them, whatever. Why, dude? It's fairly Dickinson. Like, why? I was going to say, it's not like you just beat a one seed. Like, you're waving by to a 16 seed with all their fans there. Like, this is the most electric thing they've ever been to. Just have some class. I don't know. Um, I Yeah, I have FAU going to the Final Four out of that bracket at the moment wow. as we speak. Uh, let's move. Let's move on. Bottom, bottom right of the bracket. Uh, the eight seed Arkansas Razorbacks are playing against the four seed UConn Huskies. UConn minus three and a half over under one thirty nine and a half. Who do you have in this matchup? Give me UConn all day, every day of the week. I was big on Arkansas coming into the tournament. I've actually picked them. Funny enough, I picked them to beat Kansas, so I, I got that right. Now I'm switching it up. There, I'm going UConn, and I'm taking Connecticut minus three, minus three and a half, whatever I get it at. I don't know. It just seems like Arkansas loves to drive the lane a lot. UConn's pretty good at protecting the rim. I got to say, their defense is pretty good. The Hus- the Huskies, I just don't know. I think they're going to catch and shoot a lot on them. I think they've got guys that can really step up. We saw it last game. They've got they've got a decent bench. They've got a couple guys off the bench that can really play. Musselman's awesome. I love Arkansas. The vibe was great, but I think I'm going UConn here. I think they're just a the better team. I'm going over. Uh, three and a half is a weird spread. I like UConn to win this matchup. I think if you want to put them in like a money line parlay, like I mentioned before, yeah. like like yeah. I might do like a Texas UConn money line parlay. But these weird little like three and a half, two and a half, four and a half spreads here in March, I don't want to screw around with. Like if you're yeah. on the wrong side of TCU Gonzaga, you're walking into work the next morning with the worst feeling of your life. Uh, yeah. I like over here, there's so many free throws in this game. I mean, just a ridiculous amount of free throws. We might see 40 fouls in this game. 
it's going to be rim warfare. I mean, you're going to see guys attacking the rim. There's going to be fouls. The refs might turn it into a ref show. So I mean, God forbid. I, I like that too. I, you know what? I'm going to ride the over with you as well, Carter. That's a good pick. Yeah, I'm going over 139.5. Tons of free throws in that matchup. Let's move on. Last game we're going to do Gonzaga versus UCLA, the Adam Morrison Oof. rematch, the Jalen Suggs rematch. Uh, UCLA minus 2.5 over on one four. Excuse me. UCLA minus two and a half over under 145 and a half UCLA. I have UCLA winning big in this matchup. I don't believe in this Gonzaga team. And I'll tell you why is I don't believe in Gonzaga's guards. And I say it time and time again. What wins in March? Guard play. Guard play wins in March. I love Tiger Campbell. He's been there before. They've been to the Final Four. Johnny Juzang, or not Johnny Juzang, sorry. Jaime Jaquez. I get those two mixed up all the time. The little JJs. <laughs> But Hawkes, these guys have been there before, and so has Gonzaga. But Gonzaga's guards haven't done it. That was Jalen Suggs that did it. That was last year. Last year's team didn't even do it. They made it to the Sweet 16 last year, and almost one of the biggest flops ever, losing in the Sweet 16 to Arkansas. I love UCLA in this matchup. I love, love, love UCLA in this matchup. One of my favorite picks all weekend. Minus 2.5. If this does go down somehow to, like, minus 1.5, it's minus one thirty on the money line. I might just take the juice and take the money line. I think I agree with you there. I hate to agree with you on almost every game, but I like UCLA here too. It's time to retire Drew Timmy. He's been there too long. That style of play just against a really good team in a tournament like this in March, where they have time to prepare, especially after they have this whole week to prepare. I think they're going to give him fits. I think I don't know the game. Like we said earlier, is moving towards. Moving away from traditional big men like Drew Timmy. Like, yes, he can handle the ball a little bit. Yes, he's got some finesse inside. I think UCLA's going to give him fits. I think Amari Bailey's going to have a huge game. Very underrated X Factor right there. I think he'll have a big game. I like UCLA here also. I think this is a perfect money line parlay. Call me a square. That's fine. UCLA, UConn, Alabama. Chalk it up for me. Money line parlay. Love, love, love UCLA in this matchup. Kind of like the under, too. But anyhow. Yeah, I don't hate that. Don't hate that. Uh, yeah, give me UCLA minus two and a half. Uh, I have UCLA coming out of this bracket. Who do you have? I got UConn. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Like, here. UConn's like, I have UConn in my final four of my bracket, but UCLA really impressed me th- this weekend. They really, I, I thought Jalen Clark would be a bigger loss than he's been. Obviously, yeah. I know they've only played Northwestern and they've played Asheville or whatever. I was super impressed with UCLA. I was also impressed with UConn, not to say that. I think yeah. it is UConn, UCLA, and the Elite Eight. I think UCLA makes the Final Four. Uh, I'll give you my national championship pick right now. I think it's Alabama, UCLA, and I wouldn't be surprised if UCLA won it. I'm taking UCLA to win the national title right now. That's interesting you said that because in my original bracket, I have Alabama, UCLA in the title. I'm, I'm pivoting right now, though. This doesn't usually work out well for me. I'm pivoting. I got Alabama-UConn in the title game. I got Alabama winning. I think Alabama's going to beat UConn. I don't think it'll be particularly close. I think it'll be one of those, like, uh, 9, 10, 11-point games in the national title. This is a complete shot in the dark, by the way. I got Alabama beating UConn in the national title game, though. Call me crazy. I don't hate it. Anything else before we wrap up? No, I think it's about it. I got to say, overall, there wasn't a lot of like crazy buzzer beaters, but there were some cool upsets. It, it, was, it was nice to have March Madness back. Big time and covers. Big time covers. One last thing. We were on it. We were on it at the beginning of the year. We were on it whenever we did our preview show. We've been on it since the conference tournaments. College basketball this year is so much more evened out. It's not like there's a few teams up top that are like head and shoulders above everybody else. And honestly, that's good for the game. It makes, it makes every game very much enjoyable because you really don't know who's coming out on top. So with that mm-hmm. skill gap very much lessened, we've seen a lot of this tournament, you know, all these one seeds going down. 
lines like Miami only being favored by one point over Drake in the first round. Like we called that. So yep. I think overall it's great for the tournament. And I've I've had I've had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, yep. Yeah, no, it's been it's been unbelievable. But uh, that'll do it from us. Make sure to follow us on all social media at Connor underscore Sparrow, at Carter B A, at CarterCast, at CarterCast.com, blog, picks, clips, you name it, it's on there. Subscribe to the YouTube, subscribe on Spotify, wherever you're listening. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week. We're gonna do we'll oh, recap yeah. this weekend. We'll talk about the final four national championship, and then we'll be back the next week. Then we'll be back doing interviews and we'll be doing NBA going through the spring summer. Uh, it's going to be awesome. I cannot wait. We've got awesome interviews lined up, so super excited about that. But we got to talk basketball. It's March. March is all about basketball. I've seen a couple NBA things. I, I've been watching some Hornets games, unfortunately, which I oh, highly God. regret. I know. Don't do I that. Know. There's better ways to spend your time. No, I know. I know. And the Hornets are getting sold. We'll talk about that later on when we find out more information. But thank you so much for listening. We'll see you all next time. 